no chance. No chance, we back with another episode. It's your host, Ryder, and best believe I'm not alone. This week, I got one of the founding members of No Chance, an amazing person and a friend of the pod, Angela. You may know her by her DJ alias, Spicy. She's stopping through today to discuss how thrifting has given her a chance to rediscover parts of her youth, while at the same time experiment with who her future self could be. So let's get into it. This is Digging Through History. Angela, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all know Angela. Y'all know AKA. Go ahead. You say it because I always fuck it up. AKA what? Why why would you fuck it? It's okay. Spicy. (laughs) It just feels better than I say it. Why? Because like it's like people refer to me as that, but like I don't call myself that. Like it's just an alias. You know? So you let other people. So you can only allow other people to call you. You're never just like. I mean, I'm I just spicy. accept that other people do because it makes sense. But usually, when I or all the time when I introduce myself, I'm always like, "Oh yeah, like I'm spicy on the flyer, but just call me Angela." Because right, I'm right. like, I don't need people to call me like an adjective. You know? <laughs> That's so true. Well, if you guys don't know Angela, aka Spice, we're only going to refer to her as Angela on this show going forward. So uh, we'll get that one completely out of the way. But if you guys don't know Angela, Angela was I would I would say the first female of no chance the 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 first dj DJ. of no chance (laughs) no just like in in general like the first (laughs) female to ever approach no chance uh we were so hyped to feature her on our first ever event back in what year was that 2018 2018 that feels like almost a decade ago i know it feels so long ago let me tell this story real quick because (laughs) i want everyone to know and i don't think we've ever had a chance to reflect on this and this goes this is far beyond what we're going to be discussing on this week's episode but i want to kind of set the tone for how my relationship with angela initially started and um so in the very first uh event that we ever put on if you guys have been listening to this podcast we kind of talked about it like in very early episode but we wanted to put on kind of like a a one-year anniversary show of the podcast and we had created our like the first like piece of merch that we ever wanted to like put out there and we wanted to release it at the show and obviously when you want to release merch you want to like shoot a lookbook or like shoot like photos fuck no do not tell the story and so you know with angela being like the the new one in the group you're like yo angela it would be really cool if you if you shot photos with us and in my mind i'm like yo angela uh shout out to larry laness like i'm gonna put you guys in the shirt and like we're gonna we can like shoot like a little lookbook and i remember like it was almost like a third party communication and i was talking almost it was i was like (laughs) i was talking to um to to mel who's also (laughs) you know uh shout out to mel uh you guys know her from earlier episodes as well um i reached out to her and was like hey (laughs) Do you mind asking Angela, who was the connector or the the link at the time, if she would like to shoot like uh, our new shirts? And the first response to get back is like, you know, I'm charging this much. And that makes sense because prior to meeting them, I was like, I got into photography when I was a kid. I did freelancing for like years. I was like my my college is like 
event photographer. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're asking me to take photos of them for the merch. And I'm like, I don't know these people. So hell yeah, I'm going to charge them. <laughs> but this motherfucker, it's fair. Ryan. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> So, so tell them what you thought. Tell them what you fucking thought. So I, I right off the bat, judged her heavily. <laughs> and I was like, how is she going to charge us for wanting to model a t-shirt? <laughs> like, who does she think she is? That was my first hey, reaction. You don't, you don't think I'm worth like... <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, sure, I'm always going to pay you the price that, that you want. Like, I mean, and I'm sure that we, we did. But in that moment, especially for the first time meeting you, I was... I was pissed. I was like, there's no way that she's just going to throw a number at me for wanting to be in this lookbook. Like, it's just a fun, like, cool little, like, bonding experience for us to shoot a lookbook. But see, that's the that's the whole problem with playing telephone amongst your friends is that sometimes <laughs> exactly. the message doesn't get to the receiver in the way that you expected it to. But again, you know, it took us about... It took us about a year. It to, took to us <laughs> about a year. Okay, first of all, okay, I, I I would have no idea that you had any like <laughs> grudge over me until that one day when you were like, "Hey, like, can I tell you something about a year ago?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and you're like, "Yeah." I just thought it was so weird that you're trying to like charge us to model, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I and I, it's not that I hold on to that grudge anymore because we've already talked about sure? it. Are you sure? Because you took, do bring it up a lot. <laughs> it's a fun story yeah, i yeah, love the story is. but yeah it definitely took us uh, took us a year to kind of like settle or squash the beef if there was any to begin with but that shit was one-sided i, I, lo <laughs> I love telling that story I because i think the entire year <laughs> i think you're gonna charge me this much to like model a t-shirt for us i was like i thought you were our friend i am a photographer <laughs> i get it i get it now i get it now yeah. but uh, but that is our origin story and i'm sticking to it because right. i mean that is a great one to, to start with <laughs> But, Angela, I, and I've been asking everybody as they come on to this new season of the No Chance podcast, let's just get into the episode and let me ask you, how are you doing? Um, I'm honestly, like, compared to the last two years, honestly, I'm good. Like, for nice. the most part, it's like, you know, not everything's perfect. I'm still figuring stuff out. But, like, I feel like I've found peace, <laughs> like, within myself in the past, like, couple years. And, like, that's been... Cool, like despite everything you know what's your day-to-day -day been like nowadays like with all the wildness going on um well i mean it's been kind of consistent because like i work at a hospital so it's like i was always going into work i didn't get that um that opportunity to like work from home or like right. experience that fully even though um i was like definitely a lot busier in the past two years than i have been like the entire like five years i've been at my job so um yeah, I basically, like, now my routine's, like, I go to work, I come home, I, like, do, like, my chores. Right. And do whatever to relax, like, talk to my boyfriend. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of it. Like, and honestly, it's been really nice to just have that routine. Nice. You know? Yeah. So, from what I hear from a lot of people and, like, something that I've been adapting to as well is, like, if you're a work-from-home person, it's really hard sometimes to, like create like um like a, a, like not even just like an outfit is like the last thing you would worry about from working from yeah. home because you want to be presentable on camera and things of, of that nature but creating a routine sometimes or creating even a space for you oftentimes especially when you work from home is like really really difficult but i can only imagine that when you have to go to like like a physical nine to five and like trying to like 
at the same time create like you know how everyone wants to get dressed and go outside and working from home kind of like sometimes negates that unless you like really make an effort to do so but like what's your relationship with clothing if like you're going to like work at a hospital and then you come home and you're just kind of like you just like um like like almost like become like you just deflate yourself and you're just like i'm just yeah so i think for me like with this particular job it's like i have like a work uniform like i go to work in scrubs most of the time yeah um and like my idea before was just like oh that's great i have a set uniform that means i could spend more money on clothes that i actually like want to wear like like on weekends or something like that um but i think for me it's like it, it was really easy for me to just like go to work like not give a shit about what i looked like because like i'm like wearing like i'm asking like scrubs and like whatever anyway and then come home and then like like wear whatever i'm gonna go to to sleep in but um i actually sometimes like i mean actually yeah all the time like even with like my sleepwear like i have to make sure that i feel good in it even if it's like loungewear you know like i think that's been really important for me to just feel better about myself and like to get myself motivated to to do stuff after like a like a seven eight hour shift yeah, and it, it's always been like a interesting uh, thing that I would would think of in terms of like creating the distinction between people like within this like current uh, like climate of like mm-hmm. people that are actually going into work because when I when we when going back into the office was like a normal thing like of course like creating an outfit and like looking presentable because you almost had to be in like a in a, yeah. in a workspace or like wherever you worked like that was a thing but like now for a lot of people when they have to like work from home you have to like make an additional effort to like look good for yourself or like almost like fake it till you make it on camera you know do you feel like you're more productive when you dress up on your work from home days yes 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 i mean especially when you feel like you like you're when you dress up for me when working from home it creates like a purpose like you almost don't want to waste an outfit even though you're kind (laughs) of doing your like normal routine of like house chores or like maybe you go run an errand but like you when you create like an ensemble for yourself you almost have to make it worth it yeah it's kind of like getting a haircut it's like when you get that like fade you gotta you gotta run errands like there's always like something it's like a it's like a a a really great feeling especially when i hear people and i don't know if, if you've ever had this experience um but when people say like they wasted an outfit like they go out or maybe their night is cut short or something like that and you like really like thought through and put together like a really great outfit yeah. and maybe you don't maximize the potential <laughs> of it which i never understood what that ever meant right like yeah, how do you right. maximize it's, your outfit it's like don't you just have to feel good in it like in the moment yeah. you can feel good in the three seconds you look in the mirror and yeah. then it's whatever after that right. but like have you ever had one of those moments where you ever just felt like you wasted an outfit no, like a good actually fit? i think what i re- i think is really funny that i've seen more often and during the pandemic is like seeing people be like oh i just like put on a whole outfit to like go to trader joe's or something and i'm like yeah like i'm on that like i will dress up to go like to the I grocery love that store for yeah. people yeah. that's great that's like for me it's like i mean i think for some people like maybe they get their value of like is an outfit worth it if other people see it but like for me it's a very like personal thing where it's just like oh i just have to feel good like walking around and like if other people see me like it's kind of whatever like because i don't i don't really give a fuck about yeah. what other people like <laughs> see me as you know yeah especially yeah. if i'm like just out in public just like random like yeah and i think that i think that that's great because like again like it, it's it's all personal perspective and like how people want to like be perceived or perceive themselves when they're out there in public or like if people do want to create an outfit for 
a stay at home day or a work from home day. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's all personal preference. But I think at the end of the day, like like making sure that you feel good in whatever environment, whether you're going back in the office or staying at home, I think like however you do that or however the world does it, like I think that that's really dope. But aside from like how you get dressed nowadays, what has been your methodology for like how you buy clothes nowadays? Because obviously if if like you said, like if you already know like what you're going to be wearing to work and now you get to over index on shit you get to wear outside of work, how has that been for you? Are you like spending a lot more money on shit, like unnecessary shit? Or are you like actually like thinking more about like the clothes that you purchase? Um, I have mostly been, I have been thrifting a lot more often than I have um, in the past few years. Like I used to, like in high school, thrifting was my and my friends like main thing it's like uh, at the time it wasn't like very cool like with with um the people we were around but like to us it was just like a thing like we would go to san francisco like by train we'd walk around like go to all these like thrift stores and like i think the the novelty of it was really fun at the time but i was also like 14 so i didn't really know what i was doing so um like as years went on like i just kind of stopped thrifting because then i i kind of saw that progression of like um people seeing like oh this is like a chance for us to um like cater to the the market that is now growing of like kids that want to thrift like for cool clothes and yeah stuff. um and so once that started to become like more popular i kind of was just like i don't like this anymore right. like it's yeah all over no, totally I understand but that. now like um i feel like i've just like refreshed my perspective on it like yeah it is like a very like oversaturated like market there's a lot of people that like go out and like look for things now um but i i think i've just like like kind of like grown to have a different relationship with thrifting um as like a more of like a scavenger hunt for mm. me like and that's been really fun and like also like being more into like uh like these like dystopian like subversive basic styles more which are like nice. yeah like i feel like i've been challenging myself to like go to like a thrift store and be like oh is there something that i can like buy that kind of reflects like more expensive pieces for like lower <laughs> so it's yeah. almost like um like you have this like particular look or like aesthetic that you're going for so like when you go into like a thrift store nowadays you almost like kind of hone in on like how to create or like reemphasize that particular yeah look. and it's not even like oh i'm into like this new aesthetic it's like it's like these like types of styles that i was really into like when i was like in elementary school and stuff um that i feel like i'm like you know i never really like had the i mean it's not like i would have had the chance at like 12 years old to like buy all this shit anyway so i'm like now's the time to like do that because it's like i go out just to like mostly just to like run errands and stuff and like if i'm gonna do that i should just wear whatever the fuck i want and like I feel like it's been a part of my like healing my inner child journey to like to like Ace. yeah to hone in on the things that I, I used to like really enjoy and I feel like at the same time that's also been um, a bit more popular now so yeah and I want to I want to I definitely want to like, expand on that a little bit but you made a really good point earlier just about how the idea of 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 thrifting alone kind of opens up like this this it's almost like a paradigm of like how people when we were younger, traditionally shopped, right? Like mm -hmm. if you didn't have the freshest, the newest, right. the, the the popping of the tags very early on, like that idea of like crispiness, especially like being from the Bay Area, like that was like an aesthetic in itself, like making sure that you had the sticker still on your hat, that like you were wearing yeah. a new white tee every time <laughs> you wore one, you know right. what I mean? And yeah. you throw out the old one if you, you know what I mean? So 
how is it from your perspective like how was it at that time when you were like younger and like trying to figure out like what this new thing was which was like buying secondhand essentially like was that something that was met with a lot of like criticism or just like why are you like wearing other people's clothes like why don't you just go do x y and z like go right. shop at whatever store wait so what was the question it was so like, like what, what how do you feel like were you did you receive a lot of like criticism around that um like, I, I wouldn't say like it was like a constant like oh people were like hating on my friends and yeah. stuff but it was like at the time like it was like things like the hundreds like stussy was super popular and yeah. all of that and I, I was really into that at the time too so i had like a few pieces from them um but like in terms of thrifting and stuff yeah it, it was like this like stigma of like oh it's like so dirty like everyone that used to wear those clothes are now dead which I yeah think you, that, that was the biggest myth of like thrifted <laughs> yeah. clothes is that everyone that wore them were dead like, and, and it's like i'm like well it's not like they fucking died in these clothes potentially but regardless I mean, have, you know regardless like, like what are the chances that every piece of clothing in that store is like, a lot of dead people yeah. <laughs> and like lot. wouldn't that be a hazard any like anyway like i would think that like people would like throw away like those clothes that people were wearing and not yeah they donating. don't wash thrifted clothes <laughs> yeah if, they don't for, for but... people that that might or might not know that right i mean that's that's true but it's like if somebody dies in an outfit i'm pretty sure they just toss it because it's like a health hazard right or like yeah you know? it is actually yeah. I, I was yeah. thinking of like the outfits that people are like buried in like oh. they just take it off of them and then they put it on well, the racks. Isn't that like one outfit? Right. No, they yeah. they they definitely deteriorate. That 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 went a whole yeah. different route of where we originally wanted to no, go. Yeah, but I, yeah, that was definitely the stigma back then. But like to me, like I think it was like the the excitement was kind of driven by like, well, one, I didn't really have that much money right. to shop, and that was like an easier way to like find some things and like i think just growing up i was just like so into like finding deals and like getting things on sale just because of the whole like money aspect so yeah. that was like a definitely like a big drive but um i was around like a lot of people that had a lot more money so like to them they were like ew like you're doing right poor people's right stuff. right and that always like i was always curious about that because i always think like okay like we're in you know the the earlier side of like high school freshman sophomore even like even younger than that and thinking about like we're not working like jobs yeah. so like where's our money coming from and how is everyone so fresh all the time you know what i right. mean so like i would only think that like kids that have a bit of like wherewithal would be out there like thrifting or like saving up allowance or like their lunch money to go like discover this new found thing or like get in touch with like the things that were cool to them you know like yeah. but the thing is and and um th this is i'm also like rebutting myself here <laughs> is like the things that i felt that were really cool to us at the time like let's say like in high school i was really into i don't know like certain skate brands or certain bands or things of that nature like you technically weren't finding that stuff in thrift stores. You were finding them in like the Hot Topics yeah. and like your skate shops as like the new things, which is like kind of odd. But then, you know, if you do go into a thrift store, you're finding things that you probably might not have ever really experienced in your life. Like you're probably finding like even for me, like I remember going into a thrift store when I was in high school and seeing like a Beatles shirt 
And I was like, Ooh. I only faintly know about the Beatles, but like, is this vintage? Like, or because I don't right. know. Like, I don't, I've never really listened to the Beatles or like seen something from like some 80s metal band, which today is like worth like hundreds of dollars. But in yeah. that moment, I'm just like, I have no connection to this, nor do I even know anyone that wears this type of stuff. Right, so, so like, you just look at it and you're just like, just whatever. This is just a, a pass like, by yeah. item. So it makes me think of like thrifting from our perspective when we were younger as cool as it would have been if we would have had the knowledge at the time yeah. to like re- to like yeah. discover that Definitely. it always makes me think like could could thrifting have would have been a, a big thing for like kids like us when we were younger like do you think that i mean you did it obviously right. but do you think like to the extent of what you do it now like do you think you could have ever gotten to that point at that the age that you were in um, no because i think just because I wasn't like around a lot of people who like knew what they were mm. doing, it's like I wouldn't have the knowledge of like, oh, like what does it mean to like, or like how do you know if something's like vintage or not? I mean, at the time, it's like right. I just knew like very basic, like oh, if it has like a big tag that was like, like that's probably like old. If it yeah, smells yeah. a certain way, it's probably old. Like <laughs> just like certain jeans and stuff. But um, be- like beyond that, I was just kind of like I don't really know. But I think like, um. Yeah, I think now that I am around a lot more people that are like really into it, and like even like my boyfriend like is like huge, huge fashion dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> he knows this stuff, and like I feel like he's taught me a lot about like what to what to look for and like what people want and stuff, which is like been really fun. So is that like a like a like a transition? Like let's say like going from like thrifting at a younger age to like the mindset that you have now when you thrift is did that kind of generate or like evolve from like you're saying like being around people who also thrifted or like had just like a like a knowledge about like Um, a wide knowledge about brands and like the historic the historical nature of them half that and then it's half that like when i was in high school like i was just trying to figure out like my style and what i liked and stuff and now it's like i know what i like so it's like Mm. now i can go and just being like oh like i know that like i feel good in these certain silhouettes or like i really like these colors or like I like these, like the way that certain things fit me. So it's like, I can like look at things and automatically be like, yes and no. Cause like, right. I've, I've kind of worked that throughout the years. Like what I feel good in, what I don't like feel that good in. How do you get to that point? And that, I think that's a, that's a, a larger question here is how do you get to the point where you know what you like? Uh, I think it's, that's a, that's a pretty big question. I feel like it all boils down to like experimenting. So just time um and also like trying to separate what i like from what everybody thinks is cool Mm. and sometimes there's overlap right so sometimes what i like is what's cool yeah but but sometimes it's not so it's like i think a lot of it for me has has like stems from just like learning how to like accept that i like certain things that i like and even if like my friends who aren't particularly like into it are just like, oh, it looks weird. Or like, I one of my one of my best friends, like I was like wearing this outfit that I felt really good in, and she was just like, you look like Michael Scott with that bandana. No on. way! Yeah. It was so funny. April, if you're listening, like I love you, but that shit was hella funny. I but love yeah, that I, reference. Yeah, it's just like stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah, like I maybe I'm giving off like the office vibes or whatever, but I feel really good in it. Right and now. if you like it, then so, you like it. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So I think it's just like learning to be more grounded in that. So it's like I'm not like when I'm looking for things now it's not to like it, oh like are there people gonna think it's really cool it's more of like oh do i like this like does it make me happy and like all of that and i think it, it it really just like comes from yeah like understanding like what i actually like is that yeah. is that uh does that mean that taking a bit of like a fashion risk every now and then like is a part of that like growth 
Yeah, I would think so. Like, I can't say that I've done anything like crazy, but I think it's like crazy for me. Like, in, like for example, like in college, like everyone was just like, oh, Angela, like she always wears like all black and stuff because it was easy. And like, I knew how to like, I don't know. It was just like really easy for me. And I was just like in that hole for a while. But like now I'm like, ooh, I'm wearing green. Like I'm going so crazy. Right I used now. to say that too. I was like, whenever Angela would wear a, a color, I'd be like, is, is, is everything okay? <laughs> Because that yeah. was your aesthetic. It was. It, it, it was, definitely was yeah. all black. Yeah, and it's just like what I felt comfortable in at the time. But like as I like grow and stuff, like I be shifting like my interests. You're so, shifting. Yeah. No, I love that, and that definitely ties back to like my original roots as well when it comes to clothing. Because as a kid in like elementary school and middle school and into high school, like the biggest thing for me was was skateboarding. And like when you're skateboarding, your aesthetic is like whatever is comfortable, whatever you don't mind fucking up and and getting the same thing over and over so you can have that same feeling when you skate you know what i mean like i used this reference last episode of just like why the fuck do i wear cargo pants all the time is because like when i was skating they were the most comfortable and like if you had to run away from someone (laughs) they were the most baggy and you could do whatever it felt like you were wearing like some fucking it reminds me of napoleon dynamite where he's wearing the fucking like the flag pants you know what i mean like it's like the the jeet kune do pants you know what i mean so like and that has brought me even to the aesthetic of where I am now. And and I want to talk about this because this is where our original conversation stemmed from, which is like the expansion or the evolution of like how we were when we were younger mm. and how that plays a role into how we thrift or like search out clothing nowadays in our like adult lives. You know what I mean? Right. Even for myself, like I still hold on to that same aesthetic as that little skate kid from middle school. And I don't understand why that is because I want to like evolve my style and like, you know, take risk and like try different types of fits and like wear different colors. But I always resort back to the same. If anyone has ever seen a picture of me and hasn't seen me in a journey t-shirt, then you know, like I'm definitely not the type to take like a fashion risk, but it's something that I've been like trying more and more with like brands that I really like or like a, a certain aesthetic that I think is like really cool nowadays but Ooh, do you have an example of like what you might be into other than like skate yeah so um one of the things that I mean and this again this somehow ties back to some of my favorite skaters but some of my favorite skaters like nowadays they're very like polished and like kind of preppy and so one of the cool things right now that I see is a lot of like like um like just like crew neck sweaters but not like the type that's like the one that i'm wearing which is like just a regular sweater but like the dressy type you know what i mean like like a wool like a wool uh cashmere like sweater and then like just like more of like a sleeker um like silhouette like just way more put together almost like a like um like european style you know what i mean cardigans like those i feel like i can like kind of delve a bit more into and like kind of make it part of my like day-to-day like uh, aesthetic but that's probably the most that i'm willing to go is at wearing the moment. a cardigan <laughs> it's, it's like a cardigan exactly like it's okay, that's just a risk it, if that's a risk it's a risk it's like just enough of like my favorite like types of flannels and sweaters like put together it's like <laughs> yeah. a cardigan so that's my entryway into like a new aesthetic it. because, it's like the gateway like yeah. cardigans are the gateway drug to, <laughs> to breaking out of your, your next thing you know world. i'm gonna be wearing like a suit and tie you're and gonna everything. wear like sparies and never shit. never I'm, I'm never gonna know you'll never catch me well unless it's like like a special event i don't i couldn't find myself wearing like like a button up with the top button and like a tie. It's de- it's definitely not my steez, but I, I try every now yeah. and then and it feels 
good, but it's not something that I can see myself in. But kind of going back to the uh, original thought of just like that evolution of like the things that we were or we liked when we were younger and how that affects kind of like our style or clothing choices in our adulthood. Like, have you experienced that in thrifting like current day? Like when you're looking for something, are you just like, wow, that reminds me of like that 90s trend that I never got to get into because I was maybe too young or like that reminds me of like that really cool thing that I liked when I was uh, going through this thing in my life that now I kind of like want to take on again. Have you experienced that like in thrifty nowadays? Yeah, I mean, like I feel like I go what I've been doing like mentally when I go um, thrifting and stuff is like I, I kind of visualize like the types of pieces that I want to get. Um, and then I see if it, if it exists there. So I'll look for that first and then I'll kind of just like scan. Like that's like my first round. Then like my second round, I'll like actually scan and like look at everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like see a lot of things of like, oh man, like I definitely would have loved this shit if I went like 10 years ago. Like I, I was really into just like really crazy patterned like uh, cardigans and like jackets and stuff like in high school. Um, so that's like mostly what I felt like I looked for and like jeans and stuff. Um, and I don't think I would buy a lot of the things that I used to like back then now but it's just like really like nostalgic to look at and be like oh like this i, I used to like like this shit like 10 yeah. years ago yeah because yeah. i mean at the time that we were I, w- I would say that we were thrifting like back in the day it, it very much just felt like like things that were like throwaway versus like right. things that made money you know like yeah that whole business model of like what like a crossroads or like some of our favorite shops in San Francisco, like a like a like a wasteland. Like the idea of like how they curate clothing is like based off of like what's gonna sell and like what's right. trendy versus like just taking things in. Yeah, so, and then trying to work with it. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. So like that's why discovery for us. I mean, I mean, I I, I can speak for my. I, mean, I don't know if I can speak for both of us here, but like thrifting back when I was younger, like in high school, walking in there and and kind of never knowing like. You look in there and you're like, what season is this? You know, like you think like it's like a year round collection of things versus how uh, thrift stores curate now, which is like, oh, we're only looking for sweaters because it's winter or we're only looking for coats. So Mm. if you have shorts, like we don't want them right now. We're not buying that. But like walking into a Goodwill where they just have everything is like was a much different experience than how thrifting is today. And what's weird, and I kind of want to dive into this because we briefly touched on this, is like thrifty nowadays almost feels like we're shopping through like a timeline of experiences yeah or a timeline of references you know what i mean like everything is divided into like this is the 60s section this is the 70s section like come experience this era that you probably weren't even born in and like take (laughs) on this aesthetic you know what i mean like have you noticed that a lot lately when you like walk into like thrift stores um i think at stores that are more curated like wasteland yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i think they i mean i don't think they organize by like era but you definitely can tell that they they kind of cater to the like demographic of people that are into that um but for me like i i try to stay away from those stores and i'll (laughs) just go to like a goodwill or like um like a salvation army or something because like i like having that variety and stuff because there are two different types of thrift yeah. stores right there's like these boutique style thrift right. stores and then there's like your standard thrift store and i don't even i don't even know if you can call it like technically it is a thrift store if you're going to categorize it as that but they're more like like donation sent like what is a salvation army technically 
yeah, it's like a, it's like a. Good, you must say it's like a goodwill. <laughs> it's like a goodwill, a salvation. Like a goodwill is like a salvation. Yeah, army. yeah, exactly. They're, they're they're basically like donation centers where yeah. people like they aren't looking to make any money and they're just looking to donate old clothes and that's what usually takes place at a goodwill or Salvation Army. But with like um, on the offhand where their whole like business model is, you bring in clothes, we give you money for them. That's when you start to see like more of like elevated type of pieces, like pieces that are actually worth money that they can make a quick buck off of. And then that's where you kind of get like that sort of curated model of like things. So like whatever's trendy, whatever's in, that's kind of where those shops. Right. And like I I sometimes like every now and again, like I'll like look at those stores. But honestly, like I'm like those stores are like kind of the reason why I stopped thrifting Mm. because I was just like, it's not like as fun for me. Like there's obviously like, it, there's like this filter of like what's cool and like what's not there. Um, and while I do still think that like stuff there is like cool and stuff, I'm like I I like to have like this whole playground of just like everything, you know. Yeah. But I mean, there's definitely like a lot more stuff to like dig through. But it's like it kind of goes back to like knowing like how to tell if something's like older or if something is like from Shein or yeah. <laughs> or Forever Twenty One, which which there's like a lot of stuff like that there now. But, yeah, and you, and yeah. when you have that knowledge, especially when you start to uh, expand your your mindset and wanting to discover like some of your favorite brands, like or even like heritage brands that you know, if you're just getting into thrifting thrifting now and you walk into a Goodwill, a Goodwill is a great example of this yeah. because when you go into like the jeans section and you see like a hundred different pairs of Levi's, like being able to tell the distinction between something that was released like this year versus something that was released maybe in like the early nineties or like the mid eighties, like is, it's a pretty clear distinction if you know what you're looking for. And if you're the type to want to make a quick buck or you want to like take on that aesthetic of like having really cool vintage pieces. And that's kind of where like, that's like your first step is like wanting to learn more. And I think that that's what thrifting really causes people to do is like they'll come across something that maybe you're very like graphic based right and you see something that just looks like off the bat it looks super sick you love the way the shirt like fits the fade of it whatever and you take it home and you're just like where is this from it has no tag on it what brand is this and i love that part of thrifting me too yeah i love love that googling everything after i'm like "Ooh, where's this from like is it old or not like like a scene like an old hanes tag of just like why does this not look like the shirt I just bought like the other day? Like what what year is this from? Right, yeah. And that sort of self-discovery, I think, is kind of the point we're getting at with like thrifting because everyone has their own way of thrifting. There's no like right or wrong way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it really comes down to like what your purpose of thrifting is. Is it to like a lot of kids nowadays when they go thrifting, they want to find that grail piece that they can then sell on their Depop or right. go resell on whatever el- other boutique thrift store or start your own little thrifting business and sell at the Rose Bowl, what have yeah. you. Like me and Nate used to do back oh, in the really? day. Yeah, that's, that's definitely like our purpose for for shopping at uh, like the Goodwill like bins, right? But then oh. there's on the, on the offhand, which I've seen from a lot of my friends as well, which I think is like really admirable because that's how I'd want to approach shopping for clothes going in, into um into 2022 is like shopping with the purpose right it's yeah. like you're shopping not only to be uh uh, uh fi- financially like right for yeah. in the in the reason why you would purchase <laughs> why you would go thrifting because right. it's it just economically makes sense but also because it's not only sustainable and you're like not purchasing another shirt that's just being made but that mm-hmm. it's being reused and you 
obviously you could feel good about that, but also because there's a sense of self-discovery for the right reasons. And, and I think that that's like a really important part of, of clothing and streetwear and how you, how you learn more about yourself, right? Right. That's, that's a big thing. Like discovering uh, like who you are through the clothes that you shop for, especially thrifting, that might sound like a, a like a very like far-fetched idea, but think about it. And, and if you're listening to this right now, walk into your closet and pick up, I don't know, the oldest piece that you've ever owned, right? Mm-hmm. A shirt from high school, something that you thrifted that you know was like probably older than you are. And like understand why it is that you chose that or understand like why it is that you like this, right? There's right. something about the aesthetic or the fit or something that brings you back to a whole nother time period unrelated to yourself <laughs> of why this makes sense. And that'll teach you more about yourself than you actually can realize. Yeah, I feel like the fun in finding like older clothes is that there's like definitely like a story and like a history behind yeah. it. And I think just like the the discovery of that's really fun. And like that definitely says something about me like, oh, I, I like learning about like other people's stories. And it's not just like for me personally, I'm not saying it's like wrong for other people to like it. But it's like it's not about like what's just coming out and like, you know, what's new and cool, which is sometimes cool. But like, yeah, yeah. But it's just it hasn't really been my vibe lately. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the, the satisfaction from finding a really dope piece that's yeah. from some whole other time period, probably worn by some whole other dead person is like <laughs> this, this, this whole thing where like you get to like learn. And sometimes when it comes to like fast fashion and like, you know, being presented certain streetwear looks on Instagram and TikTok, you you that part of self-discovery kind of vanishes right because yeah. you're so focused on seeing it add to cart and now it's a part then you're of emulating your... the same thing that you see basically Exa- which isn't exactly. wrong but you know to each their own <laughs> exactly to each their own now final question to end this episode off is what's the oldest piece that you own right and why do you still hold on to it oh that's that's pretty easy like there is this thrift store that doesn't exist anymore but it was my favorite place to go and i i forgot what it was called but it was like this um this like vintage thrift store that only sold denim and they sold it by the pound that shit was sick like yeah i forget what it's called but like basically like i i didn't know like how to like i just basically picked out some random like pants and stuff and like i have these like really old pair of guest jeans that i am so fucking mad that i cut because i was like 14 and i was like it's so cool to wear shorts like i don't like baggy pants i'm like fuck like i really would have loved like to have like the actual pant but like I think um, it, those don't fit me anymore, but I still keep them because I'm like, oh, this like really reminds me of the the first time that I like had that experience of like, whoa, like there's so many like so much old denim here that's like really cool, and it was super cheap. It was like I don't even remember. It was like a dollar a pound or something like of denim, like which is crazy. wow. Yeah. Wait, was it here in in the Bay Area? Yeah, it was in San Francisco. I think it was in the Mission. I forget what it's called though, but I just remember like. It, it was like I think it was like on 16th mission like that wow. area like before it got gentrified so. wow <laughs> yeah so I hold on to that piece like I was like going to sell it like I listed it on Depop and stuff and then I started getting like questions about it and I was like fuck like this is just like such an important part of my childhood I was like never mind I marked it as sold and I was like nope I still have it like that's amazing <laughs> yeah so, so I, what do you where do you keep it you just like it's just in my closet stuff? like I yeah I don't expect to like I don't know if I'd ever wear them again. Oh, well, first of all, they don't fit me. But I mean, like, <laughs> I mean. So you just hold on to it. Yeah, I just hold on to it because it's just like. For sentimental value. Yeah, for sentimental value. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I have I have something similar to that. I think this ties back to like my love for, for skateboarding. It, it was like the first 
shirt that I bought from still my favorite skate shop um, to this day. But I remember going there for the first time after starting my first day on the job as a skateboard instructor, which Ooh. to me as like a, as a skate kid, like to be able to teach kids how to skateboard and make money, I thought I'd, I'd reached the pinnacle. Like there was no <laughs> other job that I'd ever have to work in my life that would give me such satisfaction <laughs> as like teaching kids how to skate and getting paid for it. So I remember my first paycheck, I went down to, to the skate shop and they were connected to the uh, the park that I was working at. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you work at such and such, um, you're a new employee. Like here, here's this this shirt from our shop, like rep us because you work at the the park that we love. And I'm like, Okay, cool. Now I felt like like I was wearing the shirt that yeah. like one of my favorite skaters that was also working with me was wearing. So I was nice. like, now I feel a part of like this thing that I've always wanted to do. And every time I look at the shirt as dingy and as like like all the whole graphic is like completely crusted out. Like mm. as as much as I look at that, there's no way that I could ever get rid of it because it it ties back to like who I am. Yeah, and so like whenever I wear it, yeah. it makes me feel like that kid again, which is, I think is super sick. Yeah. And yeah, like the, I, I, was, I think that in terms of like how old that shirt is, it technically it's not like that old. I would say it's maybe about like 18 years old, 18 years I mean, old for like a t-shirt that you like still keep around is is pretty good and it doesn't have any crazy holes in it so yeah i would say like that's my oldest item to date nice i like your story too that's yeah. a good one but i get to still wear mine <laughs> i can still <laughs> I wear know, mine I, can, I can't wear mine but i look at it and i just feel away and i'm like wow that was a really fun time it was also like my first time like exploring san francisco like as a kid too without like family and all that so it's was, it was all very fun and now i live here so. that's sick yeah. no the great part about like uh shopping as a kid uh, especially being from the bay area is that you buy everything like three sizes too big so <laughs> when i was a kid obviously i couldn't fit like an xl but now as a human not as a human <laughs> now <laughs> as, an, a, human as a grown adult a it's something i can fit being. so now i can wear my childhood shirts around so that's super awesome angela thank you for joining us on this week's episode it was a pleasure having you yeah, thanks for having me Hey, shout out to Angela for being our guest on this week's episode. Be sure to follow us at No Chance Radio on Instagram and Twitter. If you got a question or topic you'd like for us to chat about, shoot us a message. We always love for our listeners to become part of the conversation. If you enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to subscribe and catch us everywhere podcasts are born. Remember, talk is cheap, so listen to No Chance. See you next week. <laughs>